Good morning. It is a beautiful and rather cool morning at Trinity Cathedral. Today, on this Sunday, we remember our veterans because this week the nation celebrates Veterans Day. We also received news yesterday about the election. The sermon for today's service was recorded on Friday, and so I offer this short reflection as a preamble. In 1913, the U.S. government held a 50th anniversary reunion at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania to commemorate what happened there during the Civil War. The commemoration itself lasted for three days. Thousands of survivors of war walked around the old battlefield, swapping stories, looking up old comrades. The climax of the event was to be a reenactment of Pickett's Charge, which had happened on the last day of battle there. As the rebel yell rang out and the old Confederate veterans started forward again across the fields, suddenly a moan, a gigantic gasp of intense and sustained grief rose from the Union men on Cemetery Ridge. It was then, one onlooker said, that the Yankees, unable to restrain themselves any longer, burst from behind the stone wall and flung themselves upon their former enemies, not in mortal combat, but embracing them in brotherly love and affection. Last night on television, we heard the words, we are not opponents, we are Americans by Joe Biden. And this, I believe, is the spirit of unity, decency, dignity, and respect we must cling to as we move forward, defeat despair, and live into the dream of the framers of the U.S. Constitution once again, striving to form and reform a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. It is in this spirit of reflection, in this desire for unity and purpose in our common life, and in our faithful desire to continue to follow Jesus and live into the call that God has on each one of our hearts, that the sermon you'll hear in today's service is offered to God and for you. In the hot summer of 1934, in the middle of the Great Depression, enclosed in a small concrete cell in the middle of the walls unit of the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville, Texas, a prisoner named Jim Boyd recorded the first known version of a song that we all learned to sing at one point. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Even in the middle of prison, in the harsh Texas heat, Mr. Boyd recognized that light, the light that was in him. It still had a capacity to shine, to shine so bright that he could make a difference in his own life and in the life of others, and even 
the life of the world. From our readings today, in the prophet Amos's world, we know a good number of things about what was going on. Things weren't bleak for the people of the Northern Kingdom of Israel, actually quite the opposite. And on the surface, there seemed to be a lot of light. Their society was prosperous and people used their time of newfound prosperity to attribute all of it to God's blessing. But what the prophet Amos knew and what many of others of his day knew was that the prosperity came at a great cost. As the people became richer, they neglected the poor. As they celebrated their wealth and prosperity, they forgot about God. Their superficial light was kind of a fake light. And so God has to make it abundantly clear to the people that God doesn't care about their burnt offerings, their fake light. God doesn't want to hear songs of praise that are insincere. God wants the hearts of the people. God wants the light and love within each person to shine so that that light is a presence in the world that brings forth the things of God, including justice for all people that rolls down like waters and the righteousness of society that is so prevalent, abundant, and plentiful that it's like an ever-flowing stream. That this abundance of light and love of God ultimately manifests itself within each one of us. Amos is calling the people of Israel's hearts and our hearts to shine brighter with God's light and love. And for the parable today, Jesus has us think about this also in so many ways. We know the story as it's told. We've heard it many times, but I think we've never entirely asked the question about the oil and the lamps. The oil kept many lamps burning, but not all of them. The oil, the light that they carried for whatever reason, they could not see as being sufficient or abundant enough for the light for all people present. Parables make us think. There are all kinds of textbook responses to what this parable means. But the beauty about all parables is that they're absolutely relevant to every day and age. And today, what we need to hear is all about that light in the burning lamps that are fueled by that oil. Oil is as vital to those in the story as it is to us today. But this oil in the parable goes beyond just physical oil. It's symbolizing the byproduct of oil, light, awareness, readiness, engagement, the oil in the lamps that keeps burning is the desire of love, of connection, the longing for communion with God and one another. It's a desire to move closer to life in the kingdom of God. But it could also be other things, like it could be a symbol for the inner reserves we have, our inner capacities for love, kindness, for finding refreshment and restoration so that we can use our inner oil to be light and love for the world. But often our lives find us barely having enough oil in ourselves to stay awake, 
and to keep our lamps lit. Let's face it, this pandemic has taken its share of our energetic oil. Isolation from others takes a little bit more of that oil. The stress of starting school or reopening parts or sectors of the economy, yeah, a little more. And of course the election, a little more, maybe a whole lot more, maybe for some of you, almost everything. What do we have left? Not much. The oil of God's light and love is what we need for ourselves and also for others. But for us to offer this oil for others, we need to create a deep well of reserves in ourselves to find the things in our lives that build us up. Not the things that deplete us, but the things that build us up and help us keep burning our lamps and shining that little light we have inside of us to keep that light shining into our world, to let it shine. But how do we do this? We're tired, We're kind of emotionally exhausted right now. How do we do this? Well, we start by engaging in prayer, simple prayer. Doesn't have to be difficult at all. The kind of prayer where we just intentionally be quiet and say as Henry Nouwen puts it, here I am God, you are here, I am here, here I am. And let God replenish your soul by being still, by being quiet and listening for God. Henry Nouwen writes that if you, if you take time to do this every day, that light in you, that hope in you will grow, grow brighter every day. Obviously, there are kind of ways, there are many kinds of ways to engage with prayer, but the important thing is to do it. And that if you pray, it will not take you very long to begin seeing how God is revealing a portion of God's divine presence within you. You will experience it. It will build you up. Your light will shine brighter. But what goes alongside is this, fellowship with others and serving others. So many of the people of Trinity have been very engaged, even during this time of pandemic, in helping other people, whether it be through donating food and supplies to Garfield Elementary, to handing out food boxes at ICM, now known as Nourish Phoenix, to calling people on the phone and checking in with them each and every week, to, to gathering also all of us outside for prayers or inside on Sunday mornings in the nave of Trinity Cathedral. The abundance of the full life we're given by God at Trinity Cathedral not only blesses others, but God blesses us in the process too. Our souls are replenished. The oil supply gets recharged. The light in us, even though it might be little, shines brighter and brighter and makes us ask the question, how can we be people who, sustained by a life of connection with God, search with others for ways of making the world a better place to live? We ask this because every election cycle can easily lead us to ask this. How can we be people who, sustained by a life of connection with God, search with others for ways of making the world a better place to live? 
Our mission and ministry at Trinity is not to flee our responsibilities to the world and one another, but to remain present in the places where people are in turmoil, to keep going forward even in the face of great challenge, to trust in those oil reserves in our soul that our light and love contained in each one of us makes us able to love with a selfless love if we would just keep the oil of connection with God and one another burning to shine our hearts into the world. Are we aware that so often this hope, this love, this commitment to carry out our ministry of worship, fellowship, service onwards, that this light and love shines out in us? We are light bearers. Jesus's parable reminds us of the need to tend our own lights all the time, but not only ours, everyone's. Together, we make a difference for the life of the world. Together, we carry onwards as bearers of light. Hand in hand, as the people of Trinity, we indeed walk in love as Christ loved us, letting justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. You have this light and love in you, right here, right now. Be that light. Let your light shine. And help someone else's light shine too. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.